0: You're listening to the Teen Wolf, re Wolf. I have a question for 16-year-old Julia. Uh, I'll have to dig her up while you're talking, but I'm going to try. Okay, so picture this. Yeah. You're 15. Mm -hmm. You're about to turn 16. Yes. That's a big deal for some reason. Mm -hmm. Culturally. (laughs) (laughs) What would you want for your birthday?
1: Probably a nose piercing classic. Yes. Um, like a little cute little, little stud. Yes. Or something. Um, I don't know. And like a, a cake. I don't know. I feel like cake's not a present.
0: N- no, but if I were,
1: <laughs> but if I, I would want something like a crazy, crazy cake. Actually, there's a bakery in my hometown that I have always coveted and wanted a cake from, but it's like absurdly expensive. So a cake,
0: that's what you want. Yeah. All right. My cousin Evie, hi Evie is turning 16. And we're brainstorming. And you know what I said? Hmm. I said, let her get her nose pierced. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom was like, oh, I don't know if she wants that, but I think that might be a good one. And Fund it, it. Yeah. It's also like at this point, like I think if I, when I was turning 16 and I had asked to get my nose pierced, my mom would have smacked me upside the back of the head. But I have my nose pierced now, and so does my twin. Mm-hmm. And like every part of my older sister's ears are is littered with piercings. So at this point, it's like, what's the worst thing that happens? She has her nose pierced. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it'd be fun. And I'm trying to think about like what I did for my 16th birthday. And you know why I can't remember? Mm. I was in rehearsal. Ah. Theater kid problem.
1: Theater kid problem. Also your birthday happens during the school year problem. Mine's in the summer. So
0: that's true. Yeah. Hers is technically in the summer, but not our summer because she lives in Australia. So it's actually the winter unless she's here. And then it's the summer. Uh. You're being these United States, not Chicago she can come and visit
1: though she sure can it will yeah. be summer here
0: yes and summer there winter there is obviously fine summer there our winter insufferably <laughs> hot <laughs> i just
1: you know i love the concept of australia and i would i would really like to go there but it's the heat
0: it's the snakes and the birds snakes don't bother me I like the birds. Have you ever seen a cassowary? They're so cool looking.
1: They, I have not seen them. Um, snakes also do not bother me, to clarify. I just don't like finding them places they should not be. Spiders.
0: Yeah. Yeah. spider. My Aunt <laughs> Jesse is like, yeah, you just... Take him out of your house. And I'm like, like you have to kick them out of your house because they're that big? That's fucked up. <laughs> anyway, speaking of teen things, welcome to the Teen Wolf Free Wolf Podcast, a podcast where we talk about MTV's Teen Wolf. My name is Christian. And I'm Julia. And we have bad taste.
1: Um, <laughs> I That is not news to anyone who has listened to this podcast up to this point. <laughs> no, they expect
0: it. But I also feel like, here's the thing, there is like a level of self-awareness. Sure. Where I, well, one, I think the differentiation between good and bad garbage.
1: They're, oh, they're absolutely 100% is, like, terrible, terrible garbage and, like,
0: prestige garbage. Yeah, and Teen Wolf. Is prestige garbage. Yes. For the most part. Right now, it's nearing into actual garbage territory. We were so pumped about the last episode. If only for it being, like, slightly better. And this one was not only boring, it was also a little racist so we will get to that and I mean it's also like that is coming from the research we've done so if anybody has corrections to offer us obviously we want those voiced um but we're talking about season 5 episode 12 or season 5b episode 2 if you're counting like that which why we would are not you? such a mouthful, uh, and it is uh, a Latin phrase that I am going to let Julia pronounce.
1: Uh, yes, it is called "damnatio memoriae," which means a condemnation of memory, which was like an ancient punishment where basically if you displeased the emperor, your statues would get taken down, or if you are Stalin, you get people to uh, sm- like get erased from your photographs, uh, so you just get wiped from history. And it applies not at all to Teen Wolf, basically, um, but it's fun. I learned something new.
0: Part of me wishes that that was like a thing that could happen to me, but there's just no way to erase my internet footprint, and that terrifies me.
1: I think a lot about like what things I would electively choose to uh, erase from my memory, both for reasons of like I'd love to watch Fleabag again uh, for the first time, but also things I would just prefer not to ever know or have experienced.
0: Yeah yeah yes there's stuff on the internet that i'm like wish i could unsee it i wish i could unsee it i really <laughs> wish i could unsee it but that's not, not so much getting rid of my memory which is what no. i was saying that's getting rid of my memory yeah. that i have in my in my noggin true um but yeah <laughs> part it- of me wishes we could do that whole damnatio memoriae on season five <laughs>
1: who yeah i i wish um and
0: i don't mean to come in guns a blazing with you know all of these complaints but we do complain because we care and because we know that there is a way for the show to be so good and when it's this not it's like um hey little betrayed hold on it
1: is crazy how for a teen show and particularly for a teen show that deals in the supernatural that Teen Wolf has such a high bar for what good is that This is like subterranean.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I think that there is a sort of, um, uh, they say this sometimes in sports, like if you're, you know, scouting, uh, prospects for a team, there are like players with like known deliverables. You'll know exactly how good they're going to be. And then there's kids with really high ceilings, Mm -hmm. but really high ceilings means really low floors. And Teen Wolf has like an amazingly high ceiling and that is so great, that's what makes it so captivating. But when it hits that floor, it's like, hey, hold on. Whereas if you're dealing with something that's like a known quantity, like a lot of prestige dramas, you know exactly how good or bad it's gonna be the entire time. With the exception of like <laughs> Game of Thrones, I guess, <laughs> you know, that's there's there's less uh, less anxiety over quality. Whereas Teen Wolf, I'm like, okay, so but we, we were so close <laughs> to that ceiling.
1: I do believe that it's the first time in the history of this podcast that there has been a sports metaphor used to explain something.
0: No, I've talked about hockey before.
1: Mm, Okay. Well, that's the first time. I have never made one. I don't think. No. Because that would never occur to me. But
0: you love hockey. I do. But yeah, this Teen Wolf's high ceiling means a really low floor, (laughs) and that's where we are right now, baby. So before we talk about this episode, uh, we do have to do our 60-second recap. That's true. Do you want to tell us who wrote it?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, so it was written by uh, someone named Brian Sieve who wrote for the scream TV series, which I'm going to call it bad garbage that I enjoyed. Um, and directed by Tim Andrew. You can enjoy Uh, bad garbage. Yeah. But I'm not going to say that any part of scream, the television series is good.
0: No, but that's the thing about like Teen Wolf (laughs) getting into bad garbage is I've already reaped the benefits of good garbage. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to do the little reverse reverse. Yeah.
1: Before we do our 60-second recap, would we should we share our review? Oh, my God. I totally forgot. Received? Wait. Yeah. Oh, my
0: God. This is going to totally pull me out of my stinker mood. Yeah. Yes. Uh, while you're pulling this up, let me remind everybody that if you guys uh, like this podcast, you guys can leave us a review on iTunes or Audible or whatever their platform allows reviews. And if it's five stars and you leave us a little note, we will read it out loud on the podcast and give you a little shout out. Um, it really makes our day. It makes it... Uh, So other people who are interested in Teen Wolf are able to find us. And it makes me really happy. So Julia, go ahead and read that review for us.
1: That's true. This review is coming all the way from Switzerland. Good golly. Uh, which is five stars a great podcast hey there I just wanted to hop on really quickly and thank you guys for making this podcast I discovered it not too long ago and since I'm going episode by episode I'm nowhere near caught up but listening to you guys ramble about Teen Wolf has been so much fun I'm re-watching the show for the first time at the moment and since I have no one to talk to about it I'm really glad to have you guys to listen to it makes me feel less alone in my love for the show so thank you love you guys lots Annie
0: Aw, thank you, Annie. Thank
1: you so much. There
0: is a sort of like level of podcast that's like sometimes you just need to feel like you've had a conversation that day about something you're interested in, or even just a conversation at all. And like being that to somebody, anybody is, uh, it a, a, a brings us a joy because, you know, we get it.
1: We sure do.
0: Somebody uh, commented on my Instagram saying that they were gonna, we were gonna be their driving buddies on the trip from Maine to Chicago, which is a very long oh, drive. Oh my god! And yeah, we're happy. We are so happy we could just sit in the car with you.
1: I have been on many, many, many long road trips, and so I, I know the yeah. value of a good pod. Happy to, happy to be one of those.
0: Yeah, we yeah. are. Uh, we're about to be a bad one though because I have to go first on the sixty-second recap.
1: Yes. But you read the notes before, so I'm gonna have really high th- thumbs up, good vibes to I you. I would say, yeah,
0: that has never really helped before, has N- it? No, it hasn't.
1: So <laughs> let's see um, how it's how it will do today. Um, you've got one minute on the clock, starting right now
0: okay so valerie takes hayden to work which is like hello and the h2h and then valerie investigates a leaky pipe factory and then hayden sees liam and then something some guys like bleeding out and then the beast chases them and then hayden leaves liam in the woods and then tracy and theo go kill some guy in the hospital with cannabis venom and then paris shows scott the video of the beast uh, leaving the factory and then scott puts up his own murder board and it falls uh scott uh styles wakes up and his dad is missing and he finds his dad in the morgue next to donovan's body and they have an h2h about grief or something um uh, da, 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 da. Josh and Theo do some weird like a el- kinky electrical shit outside the club and then uh, Liam sees them Scott goes to uh, Malia for help and she's like yeah I can't help you um and then they tort her and Braden like torture some Russian guy and then pay him off for information they find out that Deaton has been captured by the desert wolf Liam sees Mason and tells him about Hayden and Josh being like oh they're back from the dead Then Corey shows up to help clean up the library and the Mason has no game and then Styles, um sees them bring another body in and then goes to tell Scott and then Um, he's like, I need help figuring out, uh, this beast thing. Oh my God. I got like halfway through.
1: Yeah. You, I felt it was going really well in the beginning and then, I don't know, momentum did not reach maximum speed. No,
0: no. Listen, it's okay. Cause you're going to, you're going to, you're going to do a lot better.
1: Yes. I No,
0: I'm going to try. Can you at least commit to the bit? Just do better. Come on, man. (laughs) I will do better. There we go.
1: All right. Are you ready? Hold, let me hold it up so that I can see what I wrote
0: okay, okay. Right. <laughs> but ready.
1: are you ready yeah I'm ready now alright uh, one two three go okay so Valerie and Hayden are on patrol together because Hayden disappeared and she's really upset about it Liam comes to talk to her Valerie finds a dying guy and it's like oh my god there's the beast and it goes after Liam and Hayden they run and they fall into a ravine Tracy shows up at the hospital and kills that guy under Theo's urging Paris takes Scott to the crime scene and then Scott starts to build his own murder board but it falls apart Styles wakes up at the hospital and then finds his dad in the morgue and they have like a little heart to heart Daddy Argent finds his special wolf spade not sure what he's going to do with it. Um, the sheriff is, like, really sad that uh, Stiles didn't tell him because he would have helped. Um, Theo is, like, putting Josh through Chimera school. Scott goes to Malia to, like, bring her back into the pack. And she's like, I'm not going to help you. I can't help you. Um, and then she and Brayden go back to torturing some Russian dude. And then they pay him off. And they're like, oh, Deaton was kidnapped. Liam and Mason see Corey at school. And there's, like, a little flirty moment between Corey and Mason. Um, Styles uses his dad's computer to see the beast. And it's like, mm, this is kind of weird to me. And Lydia is hallucinating at Heiken, at Eichen House and, like, sees Meredith's ghost. Um, Theo comes to ask Hayden, like, about the beast and is like a super cryptic about it um Scott's dressing his wound because it's still not healing and Styles is like I actually need your help figuring all this out Theo comes to get Corey and is like we're gonna protect
0: everyone oh you are (sighs) done I was running out of breath I yeah I could sense (laughs) that but you were really hoofing it I was
1: um I don't know I feel like was that three quarters of the
0: way definitely further than I got do you want to give us the last quarter
1: sure uh so Styles and Scott decide to go to um the leaky pipe factory they keep calling it a a communications tower factory building which
0: what's with all the leaky pipes (laughs) then
1: i don't get it um and they like do some heavy lifting and they find um a tunnel basically. Um Liam is like really scared to talk to Scott because he thinks that Scott has not forgiven him for trying to murder him, which that's fair. Um, The nurse like is threatening a catatonic Lydia and then like projection Lydia and Meredith's ghost are like, we're gonna figure out how to get you out of this and I'm gonna teach you how to use your voice to kill people, basically. Um, Theo sends a bunch of his chimeras to to test Scott, and then they fail, and he's like, oh, well, we'll try again another day, but you and I are going to have to like al- be allies against this uh, crazy beast that just wants to kill people. Um, Liam is looking for Scott, and then Hayden shows up, and they're like, oh, I love you. Nothing's the same without you, even though I was dead. Blah, 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 blah. Um, and they realize that like the beast isn't new. It's been around before. Chris gets to Gerard. Haven't seen him in a while. Um, with Hey-o. the wolfsbane that kills him. Gerard just shoves it it in his mouth. Um, (laughs) Gerard tells Chris about the Beast uh, and that it's connected to the Argent family. Um, Scott's like, hey, we got to get the band back together, the whole pack, but that's going to be a problem because Kira is in New
0: Mexico, question mark? Okay, so I I think we should just get the conversation about Skinwalkers out of the way.
1: Yes, let's do that.
0: So from what we understand... Uh skinwalkers are in Navajo culture a type of witch um that can take the form of animals um and they are not a positive force.
1: No. Um and also outside of Navajo culture, we don't know a whole lot about them because the Navajo people according to what we know are not willing or pleased to discuss it with outsiders. It is a part an integral part of their culture.
0: And that's a-okay by me. I have no interest in prying where I'm not welcome. It's really um, extraordinary to me that Teen Wolf thinks that it is exempt from, like, respecting those boundaries. We have already discussed that Teen Wolf has taken liberties with other aspects of Native culture from different um, tribes and different cultures. That frustrates me. Um, and to include skinwalkers in something that is basically just a throwaway is unnecessary. It's unnecessary that these, you know, creatures are basically just like scantily clad women in, you know, poorly done tribal makeup who climb out of the ground and are supposedly going to help Kira, somebody who is not Navajo, um, nor anything that would even resemble <laughs> like part of that culture uh i don't know why like kira isn't getting help from other kitsune it just feels really strange i don't know if they had pitched skinwalkers as something that they were going to discuss further in the show which i'm happy they didn't frankly because clearly it's not within anybody's boundaries to do so yeah um it's unfortunate.
1: It's unfortunate, especially when we consider the fact that there are scads of supernatural creatures that, like, the wider world has... that show up in other cultures that can be discussed and talked about and used without appropriating a culture that is unique to a particular area and not often shared with people who are not of that culture.
0: And I think it really, um, unfortunately, plays into the uh, very, you know harmful stereotype that um you know native cultures are like sort of like m- mystically noble
1: That they are the answer to other people's problems.
0: Yeah, and I know that that is a harmful trope that shows up in a lot of media. I would hope that it didn't show up in Teen Wolf. And I know we've talked before about how we're not entirely pleased with how some of the Japanese um, representation happened, particularly surrounding the episode about Japanese internment. Um, and I don't really want to make a huge thing about this. It just strikes me as interesting that we're, it feels like we are moving away from Teen Wolf's research age. Um, cause if we can do, you know, the base amount of research, if we are made uncomfortable by seeing it on to do the base amount of research, we have to describe why we're uncomfortable about it. It strikes me that nobody in that room thought about it. And that makes me upset. The fact that this does not even pass a basic sniff test. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Exactly. Um, and if somebody who, you know, is Navajo wanted to come out and correct me, I'm obviously open to that correction and would be happy to share and have that conversation. Um, but yeah, it just felt a little rank. And I'm also like, again, why did they not go to other kitunees? Why? There have to be
1: other kitsune's, and frankly, I would like to see them. Uh, yeah. I would like to see it.
0: Yep. Yeah. Um, We can move on. I just wanted to touch on that just a little bit before we got to our main discussion. Great. Um, let's move on. We're going to be talking about this episode through the theme of forgiveness. Do we forgive Teen Wolf? No, but the Teen Wolves do be forgiven each other. So, which
1: I suppose is how we move on.
0: Yes. Where do you want to start?
1: Um, let's kind of, I kind of want to talk about Lydia. She's not in a whole lot of this episode, but I think it's one of the more interesting, um, things that happens. Um, because I wasn't, I didn't really remember that we had seen Meredith again, post Mm -hmm. season four. Um, and Lydia, obviously like this entire season, um, and throughout most of Teen Wolf, as soon as she learned what she was, has been struggling of like being the only one, not having anyone to teach her. Um, and then she finally finds Meredith who is like fundamentally incapable of communicating with her in the way that she wants to. Um, and they don't they're not really able to help each other learn. Um, so to have Meredith come back in this way, I think is super interesting.
0: Well, what it really, uh, what I find comforting in Meredith's return is that Lydia's main hang up has been that she's responsible for, you know, Meredith's death, which she's not. Obviously we know at the end of four. Yeah. Um, but she has always been unable to forgive herself for not being able to connect with the one other person who understands what she's going through. I think that's also a big symptom of her relationship with Parrish. Um, and I think that the, the best thing that can happen to Lydia is feel like she is forgiven by Meredith. And I think that Meredith being like, I'm going to get you the hell out of here. I'm going to teach you how to use your powers from the spirit world is the closest she will ever get.
1: Yeah. It feels really, um, mm- I don't want to say magnanimous, but like very kind of Meredith's ghost (laughs) to uh, offer that to her. And also because we're seeing Meredith on like this other plane of existence, like I think they're able to communicate a little bit more easily. Um, And I appreciate that it doesn't have to be like a really explicit conversation between the two of them. Like it's just Lydia is in trouble and Meredith wants to help her because Meredith as much as we've seen and as much characterization as they've given her, like she is kind and just wants to help. I think any person who is a harbinger of death probably just wants to help.
0: Well, I can say that, but I also know that like she is completely damaged by Peter's influence and like that's where her wrongdoings come from. Mm -hmm. And that suggests to me that like Meredith outside of um, Peter's like insanity like poisoning her would be a purely altruistic person.
1: I would think I would think so.
0: And that would, you know, an act of altruism would be to 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 make Lydia know that she doesn't have anything that she needs to be forgiven for. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is kind of apparent in this. I I kind of forget how when and how Lydia shows up kind of throughout 5B because she spends so much time catatonic. Yeah. Note on the Eichenhaus um, employee behavior, it doesn't even read as scary to me, like in the way that like I think American Horror Story Season 2 kind of was able to make that happen. It's just yelling at mentally ill people, and I would rather it be scary than just sort of mean. Yeah, I, you know, the,
1: one of the major failures about House in general to me is that it gets introduced pretty late in the game. And not only is it a mental hospital, which is why Styles is sent there, but it also is a place for the supernatural. They have an entire wing that is just a
0: prison that is just which I hate fundamentally
1: it yeah it's horrific um and we never get any particular reasoning as to why it exists we never get any sort of monologue from Deaton about it it just the only purpose it serves is to hold people captive um and the implication i think is like pre scott and his friends waking up the nematon like things had been relatively quiet in beacon hill so it doesn't really make sense to me why there are so many supernatural creatures in eichen house like it just seems like a plot device that they didn't think about too hard
0: no it's actually sort of like character jail where it is which is like uh oh we don't know what to do with this character for a little bit yeah I can, like like malia Eichenhouse, right yeah yeah that's where would, <laughs> although that's where to you be hide fair, characters you can't re-enter into the story i would have put i would have put malia
1: in some sort of supportive institution probably wouldn't have put her in high school as fast as they did but uh yeah it's like it's a convenient place to quarantine people until you figure out what to do with them like you were saying yeah
0: lazy uh shall we talk about uh liam and hayden Okay, hold on. Oh, hold on. Uh, their love story is still so convoluted and rushed that it's like, everything feels crazy now that I'm back from the dead. Everything feels wrong. Fantastic concept. Great. Love it. Love the idea that you come back feeling other. Uh, terrible execution is except for you. What? Well, especially,
1: especially,
0: because we already have
1: three characters who in theory have come back from the dead yeah um all at the same time doing the same thing um Scott's on death too yeah he really is and so there are well Allison is dead now
0: Peter Peter was like real 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 dead he was
1: dead as a doornail um yeah we have people in Teen Wolf that we can reference. It's like it's like in Harry Potter when Jenny's like, Hey, you dumb shit, why didn't you ask me the only other person you know who's been possessed by Voldemort if you thought you were possessed by Voldemort? Like you're not they're not making use of the ways that they've already tackled this issue, and instead they're making it like this weird Romeo and Juliet. What, what what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Situation. Well, here's the thing. I, th- I really actually think it would be a really interesting execution because they didn't die naturally and didn't come back um, with any magic that we've seen. So mm-hmm. it could be a totally other experience. It's the, except for you, and we're going to turn this into like a, a love plot that I'm already disinterested in by the fact that it was so poorly set up. But when we're talking about, on theme, <laughs> talking about forgiveness, <laughs> this is really interesting because... Hayden who um clearly does not remember the certain circu- like the full circumstances of her death because yeah she was pretty out of it mm-hmm. things Liam abandoned her
1: to die yeah yeah um which is a pretty horrific thing to think of someone to think of someone you know yes um I I think were I in her shoes I probably would also be pretty upset um although like if there was nothing that he could have done I don't know why you would be so angry about it um but she Hayden clearly is a person who doesn't have a lot of people looking out for her and so to think that Liam a kid he, she had just started to trust and felt really strongly for deserted her at her hour of need I suppose I can empathize with that
0: yeah no totally Um, I think, you know, we're leaning a little bit back into the sort of season five, not miscommunication, but undercommunication. But I think that there is a level of like, yeah, why would she go back to Liam if Theo is the one who saved her in Mm -hmm. her head? Um, And she does make the decision to forgive him. That is my, my frustration is not that she forgives him. It's the vehicle, which is like this love story. But I think if he actually was like, no, I was there when you died and I did everything I could to try to save you, I almost killed Scott. And she does. She is like, you almost killed Scott for me, which I, oh my God, (laughs) girls. Like,
1: oh, I can't imagine being impressed by the concept that you were so distraught by my death that you went to go murder somebody.
0: Hold on. Have you ever been in a party? (laughs) No. We've been to parties together, so that's bullshit. Have you ever been at a party where you're talking to some dude and he's like, you see that hole in the wall? I punched it. And you're like, am I supposed to be fucking impressed? Brian, no. I, I'm going to call the cops, you asshole. It does not even have I'm, to be. I don't be. call the cops, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Well, it doesn't even have to be at a party. Like A man will be talking to you and feel like you're having a moment and then just say the weirdest fucking shit to you. Yeah, And you're like
0: what am I supposed to do with that information? Yeah. It's usually some weird childhood trauma. And you're like, are you, are you joking? Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> and then you, yeah. you try to
1: ask them like sincerely, but like not too sincerely. Like, are, are, that's not cool.
0: And they're mm-hmm. like, no, it's fine. I'm fine. And you're like, mm. anyway, so in case it's unclear, like the Teen Wolf-free Wolf wolf <laughs> does not condone murder. And I am really, <sighs> yeah, i I really think that that forgiveness could have been such a great gesture if it not tied into this like, oh my God, you almost killed someone for me like type of weird. <laughs> like we have never seen them had a conversation have a conversation about their interests ever. No. oh my God, it's so frustrating.
1: <laughs> It's like, there's, there's the Bechdel test, which often gets used incorrectly, but there should be like the Romeo and Juliet test. Yeah. Like,
0: have you had a conversation? Well, you know what's Um. funny? Like in the, in the like brief moment, we see Mason and Corey talking in the library and Mason and Corey kind of like makes fun of Mason for having no game. Um... And sort of being awkward around him. There's more chemistry in that moment than we've seen from anything from Liam and Hayden. And I do in part think that's a like a writing issue, you know? Yeah. I think the actors are doing the best with what they can. But my my, my point here is that I think that Hayden forgiving Liam is a really big part of the journey of Liam forgiving himself, which I think Mason also has a huge part in. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, I almost, I i kind of, I'm curious to know if you think that the Hayden stuff is kind of unearned. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I, really, I really think it is. I'm not shy about that. No, I think it's really unearned. I think they're really trying to milk an emotional moment from us that they have not um, properly set up. And it is far more impactful to me to see Mason. Um, one, because... especially when you're a teenager, it's like really hard to see your best friends like become best friends or become really reliant on somebody else because you're like, no, I'm their best friend. Mm -hmm. But Mason is just like so secure in their friendship and he knows how much Scott means to Liam and it is like really killing him. And he, I think feels really like just such a strong connection to Liam and such the empathy that he like feels the guilt that Liam is feeling. And Um, contrary to, like, the conflict between Scott and Styles this whole season, like, Mason feels so confident that if Liam just apologizes, Scott will forgive him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, it doesn't matter what you say so long as it starts with, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which it should maybe start with...
1: Good apologies are more than that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um, Way more. We need to talk. I have some, like things I need to own up to like it should be a whole spiel um but yeah and I think that like Mason and Liam's relationship being as secure as it is as you mentioned is a part of him actually sort of realizing that that is going to be the way and then again uh, Hayden um being like yeah I forgive you is another way that that Liam moves on in his journey and I think that that is really interesting how they're sort of all tied
1: Mm -hmm.
0: um it's it's kind of nice that we're getting all of the younger characters tied together in this way because it kind of feels like everyone's been an island thus far.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, do you want to talk about Malia? Let's do it. I have a do very kind of brief thought about Malia. because She's not a huge part of this episode, Go which ahead. is unfortunate because I'd love to, to uh, hear her. Yeah. Uh, hear more of her. See more of her. Hang out with her. Maybe. We miss her. We do. Um, her whole thing about kind of going, joining forces with Brayden least
1: we love. whomst
0: we love, but we know is kind of a sycophant when it comes to hunting down the desert wolf, you know, like yeah. she's an obsessive and that's, <laughs> does not make me like Braden any less, but it occurs to me that Malia's relationship to forgiveness right now is that she would rather ask it later than ask permission of anybody because she is so determined to have an, to have, you know, to go on this mission. And she tells Scott, she's like, I'm not going to help you. We're not in the same zone right now. And like, I will come back eventually, but no, I will, we can do our, you know, forgivenesses later. Currently I'm not asking permission for what I'm doing right now.
1: There is a part of me that thinks that Malia does not even expect to be welcomed back into the pack. Maybe. Yeah. Um, You know, she is certainly not a person literally ever to ask for permission. Um, But I think She has seen the fallout between Scott and Styles, and she has decided that this is more important to her than what's going on, which I don't know. I mean, I can kind of understand because again, like we, the audience are not super convinced uh, that what's happening right now is like the most urgent or important thing. Um, And Malia, I think has just resigned herself. She's realigned herself with Brayden rather than with the pack. She's uninterested in what's happening because it doesn't like, Personally affect her and ultimately as much progress as Malia has made she still has like years and years and years of social development that she missed um not that the Team Wolf writers are thinking that hard about it but I think she has resigned herself to no longer being part of that pack she's broken up with styles mm-hmm. she kind was, of I still kind like, of sort of okay yeah she's seen Scott's hard line on how we do and do not deal with our problems, and she has d- made the decision on how she wants to move forward.
0: Yeah, I, I honestly, if I were Malia, I'd be like, "Yeah, you guys are no fun and deeply unhelpful, deuces." Right? but No, like respect.
1: I get where she is coming from. Once again, the team of rule does not condone murder, but um, like Malia has suffered an insane amount of trauma, and now to learn that her biological mother was wanting to kill her all along and is still trying to kill her
0: i would be doing exactly what she's doing yeah i'd be like i have my own problems dude and it's funny because i could even sit here and be like does her not wanting to be you know accepted back into the pack or forgive or, or like you know receive forgiveness is that her aggression and i think no it's about her where she draws her boundaries
1: where she draws her boundaries i also like i wonder in her point of view what is the point of going back to the pack kira's gone like, uh, Lydia is stuck in icon House, completely catatonic. She just broke up with her boyfriend. Scott's kind of mean lately. Yeah. What does she get out of it? Not she a lot. She doesn't
0: have a relationship with Liam. No. Although, I would love a couple scenes of just them together, like, being angry. Being angry, we were being denied. Dumb. Yeah. You know, I... It, you just bring up the kind of good point that, like, not only are we getting so little content from the girls, they have never been more separate.
1: And I... As much as we want to praise the way that Teen Wolf handles, um, like male friendships, I think one of the downfalls has always been misunderstanding the importance, importance, of, importance of female friendships. Fr- yeah. The gravity.
0: The last time we even felt like there was one really well developed was Lydia and Allison and Allison has been dead for if like we're counting up three seasons. Yeah. So, hey, <laughs> That blows. Um, let's move into our discussion. I will first. I think we need to talk about the sheriff and Styles, and then move into our discussion about Scott and Styles. Okay. Yeah, we had a lot of thoughts about the conversation that the sheriff and Styles have over the dead body of Donovan. Um, it almost feels disrespectful. disrespectful. Yeah. Um,
1: at least they're not looking at him. He's in hmm. the body bag the whole time.
0: Yeah. What that conversation boils down to is the sheriff telling Styles, I love you so much that I would forgive you for anything. And that includes murder. And if it was on purpose, I would commit an ex- like an extreme felony for you, which yes, parents behave that way. Parents have done so much to cover up murders. Unspeakable. Crazy, uh, uh, John Monet Ramsey. <laughs> Oof, we know it was you, Burke. <laughs> we been new. No. Yes. Yep. Um, but that whole conversation doesn't strike me as him being like, I would forgive you for anything. It's sort of like, it's my job to take care of you because I'm your dad. There's no love behind it. And that was something that I thought was really alienating.
1: It is so strange. It is so out of character for the sheriff not in the sense that he would forgive styles for anything because i think you do like i think you do if you're a
0: parent i also think that if you've seen as much as the sheriff has over the years in his time Mm -hmm. of law enforcement and um the way that the beacon hills uh police force uh does not operate within the american police institution i think that he probably knows that there is that anybody everybody deserves like human treatment you know Mm -hmm. maybe that doesn't amount in forgiveness but it's really weird like his sort of reaction to styles being like what if you know i'm bad is it him being like well i'll be worse (laughs) i will protect you which Um... you want to hear from the sheriff you want to hear that he would do anything for styles but i would much rather be um think this conversation more uh, affecting if he was like, it doesn't matter what you do or what you want. Like I love you inherent. And we would cross that bridge when we came to it. We'd have that conversation if it had come to that.
1: Yeah. I, it's kind of hard to talk about because styles styles has been through so much since his, uh, turn with the nugitsune. and we never really processed that so this conversation would have made much more sense if it happened in season four yes um and I also think Styles has so much respect for his dad and for what his dad does despite the fact that Styles is like constantly flouting the law and constantly kind of like riding on the idea that he can get away with this because he is his father's child like he has so much respect for what his dad does Mm -hmm. that it doesn't make any sense that styles would be comforted by that notion that his dad would go to such extreme lengths to protect him yeah in defiance of what he spent his whole life working for
0: yeah i think styles would feel that that was like a disturbance in like his character as we are experiencing it. Right. And so I do want to say like, I like the notion, the conversation that leads in. I would do anything for you. You know what? There's this, (laughs) there's this, uh, at the end of bear town, which is a book that you and I like, um, one of the characters does something exceptionally abhorrent. And at the end of it, his mother says, I will never forgive you, but I will never leave you. Mm hmm. I think that that would have been a much more interesting place for this conversation to end up. If he was like, if you had done something in cold blood, I would never forgive you, but I would never leave your side.
1: Yeah. I also think that in in Teen Wolf, we very rarely see rifts between parent parent and child. We kind of saw it with Allison and her dad. Um,
0: but she was just attaching onto like a different parent
1: figure. Yeah. You know? um, and I think as much as... Again, all of the things that we like praise Teen Wolf for, there is another aspect to those elements that can be explored in a way that makes sense. So we praise Teen Wolf for the parental relationships and for the role of adults in the show. But I also think that it would be fine and cool um, and also perhaps furthering of the plot and the development of the characters for there to be friction between a parent and a child like that.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. Should we move into the discussion about Scott as it pertains to Styles? Does it feel like Scott is kind of forgiving Styles, not because he actually forgives him, but because he's desperate? (laughs) I think Scott's tired. I think Scott's tired. And I think Styles is desperate too. I think Styles, you know, I don't necessarily know like, you know, what we're supposed to be feeling like Styles is forgiving Scott for, maybe just his pompacity. I Um, guess. (laughs) But like, they both make the decision that it's easier to, and I often feel this way, it's easier to just not give a shit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like they're healing. It doesn't feel like they're coming to terms with what their disagreement was. It's just feeling like they're like, yeah, we're actually just, we work better together. Like we are have, so, we mean so much to each other. We are so intertwined that I don't really want to dig up what it was.
1: Which is a bummer.
0: Well, it would be a bummer to me only if it had been a well developed arc where they were like actually at odds. But because it is, as I said earlier, under communication, I'm cool with it being swept under the rug. I don't really give a shit anymore. I, I meant a bummer on the writings part. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Same page. We always loop back. Like, hey. this is the Teen Wolf, Free Wolf echo chamber.
1: <laughs> Welcome. Hello. Uh Yeah, it is so frustrating. And then even, like, they don't even lean into it. Because it's like, there are so many amazing bro TP moments between Scott and Styles, And then, like, them... You feel it when they're vibing together. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. And when they decide that they're going to forgive each other, their, uh, way of kind of burying the hatchet is going and like looking for clues.
0: Oh, they're solving a puzzle. They're solving a puzzle.
1: But you know what I think would have been like, weirdly, what I think would have been more emotionally impact impactful is if like styles had walked into Scott's room and like seen the murder board
0: mm-hmm.
1: and been like, that's a thing that I do.
0: Or if Scott had turned out of the bathroom after fixing his like dressing his wound and Styles was pinning it up for him. Yeah. I yeah, I like I but again, we I don't want it to be a big conversation. I would love it to just sort of be a wordless gesture that we extrapolate upon. But like the Scott and Styles of Motel California, I don't know why we never got that again. No, and they have
1: like Tyler Posey and Dylan O'Brien have such an easy physical repartee between the two of them that it's weird that it's not put to better use in this episode because they are healing Mm -hmm. their relationship. I feel
0: like they stopped hugging at some
1: point. (laughs) They stopped touching each other, which is stupid. Let let people like have physical touch like that's really important although we did say that when
0: theo hugged people it felt really weird and it was less to do with theo and more to do with this cast doesn't hug anymore
1: yeah um but i also think that that's like a teenage child thing yeah like teenagers love to hug each other
0: we're all just so close. We're the best friends. I don't talk to any of my friends. I have one friend from high school. Hi, and And um, we don't even hug. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, but yeah, I just think that, you know, it's really interesting to me that their forgiveness is, for the most part, and right now, silent. And I actually think that, not to give credit where it's not due, is a more natural progression for Friendship's that close. I feel like I never actually, when I've like really fucked up, I never say sorry (laughs) (laughs) to people who, with whom I have a relationship where that is okay. I generally say sorry when I, you know, I'm a real asshole about things, but. (laughs) Or it's, it's like
1: a my bad situation and then you just move on. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It didn't feel right. It, but it didn't well, feel it wrong. Felt,
0: it felt underdeveloped because the conflict was underdeveloped. It yeah. is not actually the fault of either of these characters. I can't say it's in character or out of character because the conflict didn't unfold in a way that would make me decide it was one or the other. But I like the idea that their idea of forgiveness is going on is going to go find a dead body in the woods. True. Shall we do Q's Nose?
1: Let's do it.
0: Okay. Do you have any questions?
1: Uh, not that could be answered.
0: Like, like
1: Josh is just electric.
0: He's an eel. I don't know. I guess.
1: His eyes are purple.
0: Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like his purple eyes.
1: Yeah. I don't understand the the purple eyes. Do you have any questions?
0: Why does Teen Wolf evade the concept of the afterlife? It's really weird that they never talk about it. And it's not like you even have to enter any sort of like, you know,
1: theology. But like. No, but the fact that one character never asks another character, hey,
0: what was that like? Weird. Never. Never. We never hear Scott be like, you know, mom, you've seen people die. What do you think? Where do you think people go? <laughs> like,
1: nothing. So at all. weird.
0: And like, I prefer, like, I guess I prefer Teen Wolf to be like all, like, sort of omnitheistic, where like, all cultures gods religions or whatever are on the table unless they do something offensive with it you know what i think it is what i think that all dogs go to heaven I think all dogs <laughs> i think all teen wolves go to heaven yeah so i think it is okay do you have any
1: observations um i, I mean i have a, cu- a couple okay. oh, we've talked about a lot of them um oh my god what i wouldn't fucking give for a three minute scene there were so many weird splices of things that we like didn't even really talk about that made no sense like scott comes down to the morgue when um like the sheriff and styles are having that conversation and styles is asking like, well, if you would set the, you know, station on fire for me, why did you arrest Kira? Basically? Like what was up with Kira? And the sheriff's like, Kira was a mistake. And then Scott, like something comes
0: across his face and he turns around and gets back on the elevator. What was cut? What was cut from that scene that we didn't know teen (laughs) wolf editors. And then why was that chunk left in? We didn't need to hear that. We we didn't see that. Why? Yeah. Why? Just, well, I think that it's, I guess the idea is that Scott had been listening to a, bigger part of the conversation and was hearing the conversation on like the sheriff being like, I would do anything for you. And Scott's like, maybe I haven't been the best friend to styles. Cause newsflash he hasn't, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I that Yes. It was so, the editing was so weird. It so was bizarre. So
1: weird. Um, I also wish like, okay. They were like, we're here to do library cleanup after Liam, destroyed the library That's yeah, basically the only one cleaning <laughs> up that library um i think teen wolf has kind of really moved away from showing the um cons like the physical uh consequences of like fights and things that have happened um in the supernatural world uh that show up in the non-supernatural world, mm-hmm. which I think is crucial to like grounding the show. And I really wish that that library scene had been extended. I wish we had seen kind of the extent of the damage. I wish there had been kind of a moment of silence. Like I wish that there was more to it.
0: Or if we even just saw Liam's reaction to realizing that it was his fault. Yeah. Um. My
1: one last
0: go for it observation
1: just to mention this again nothing in this episode and i do mean nothing connects to the latin title because it means like people being forcibly erased from history um people know about lebet du givetan which we
0: didn't even talk about we talk about it i mean maybe like i don't want to say that that's entirely not true because what if we find out something later but then again like that's not this episode
1: it's not this episode it seemed pretentious What are your observations?
0: Um, Okay, the Beast CGI was literally so bad. Actually, the alpha in season one is better. (laughs) And that is saying so much because, ooh, baby, that looked bad.
1: It looked so bad. You know what I think part of the issue is? Yeah.
0: It wisps. There's like fog, black
1: fog coming off of it for some reason. Which is I think is motion? actually sort
0: of a solution to try to make it look better. So it, cause it doesn't have to be as like, I, this is a budget issue. Like the wolf was not well rendered because time constraints and not a lot of money and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, I just make it a shadow. Just make it a shadow. It just looks just bad. Make it a shadow. It looks bad. It actually, do you know what it looks like? What? It
1: looks like the the cart the meme that's like the Doge head on like the muscle builder body yeah yeah that's yeah.
0: what it looks like I was also gonna say kind of looks like the Mothman <laughs> statue but not kind in of, a good way kind of um, okay so the conversation that uh, like the sheriff and Styles have about like wanting something someone dead is a lot different from murdering them or wanting to actually kill them mm. and like that leaned into something I thought was maybe interesting. And then it looped back around into like weird copaganda. I don't need to say anything else about this, but like I just caught thought, caught that line and was like, yeah, you're right. Wanting someone dead and wanting to kill them are totally different things, but it, wait, hold on. Oh, you just totally blew past that and we're not. Okay. Yeah. Teen anyway, Wolf,
1: Teen Wolf wants so badly to exist in this moral gray area but not too much because there's clearly a moral correct answer.
0: Yeah, well, it also like it what well, actually it would rather exist in in the it wants to convince you that it has a moral gray, but it doesn't. No, it's just it's black and white. Yeah. Um and it's people Which, being like, "I that's fine. It's a teen television show. I don't care if it has a moral gray. That's not why I'm here." No. Anywho, um I thought that that was a good, I well, I thought it was kind of an interesting parallel to the conversation that Raphael has with Scott. Mm-hmm. When Scott's like, well, you know, what is it like to kill somebody? And he's like, well, you compartmentalize. And I compartmentalize by drinking. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how that, like, four-sentence scene is a more interesting way of looking at, like, what it's like to take a life than this, like, three-minute <laughs> scene between Styles and the sheriff. Well, I think part of that has to do with
1: the fact that like Styles and the sheriff should know each other better. They shouldn't necessarily have to have that conversation where Scott and Raphael are still getting to know each other.
0: You know, what's funny is we've been complaining about how nobody gets long scenes together and this one was too long. Mm -hmm. And like both of those actors are very competent and I love watching them on screen together, but it just didn't. It felt like there was no thesis to that scene. It wasn't trying to make a point in any one direction or is trying to be a lot smarter than, you know, it's audience, which I disagree with. Um, and also it wasn't. And I would way rather it again, just be a scene away from Donovan's body because again, that felt gratuitous of them being like, we, if you had come to me, I don't know what I would have done. Because we can't think about it now because I would have probably done something rash, but we would have worked something out. We would have yeah. actually talked because again, it's weird that he doesn't tell his dad because they have a really strong relationship. Okay. Do you have pack stats?
1: <laughs> I do. Um, we had three, maybe four eyes. We saw the beast a few times. One claws when he crushes yet another leaky pipe. Uh, no shirts, lots of ads. Weirdly enough, like boom, opening shot it's a toyota ad for the toyota truck um there was another toyota ad later lg at and samsung everybody was using their phones to look at like cztv mm-hmm. um yeah and no sirens during the pod but man were they going while we were watching
0: the episode that's true wait can i add an observation yeah i forgot to say this but My favorite part of the episode was seeing Gerard and listeners of this podcast will know that we hate him. We hate him but But it felt like again any return to form I am so desperate for that I was like yeah bring in the old guy.
1: Bring in the old guy. I loved the detail of like all of the disgusting tissues in his room. Um, I thought it was so good. I, I again Teen Wolf is best when it returns to what to returns to form what makes it good. um You know, we were, ta- were complaining during the episode that we have no idea why, like, Hayden and her sister have different last names or why Hayden's sister takes care of her in the first place, like, what happened to their parents. Like, they just tried to add so much stuff at the expense of the good things that they have already built.
0: Well, it's, you know, they're not giving us enough backstory or introduction to those characters to make them fit into the story. So then when we return to what's familiar and we know everything about the Argents, about it's like, Oh, I'm on solid ground right now. Yeah. Also, I think it's really funny that he eats that Wolfsbane and it kills the wolf part of him. And then he's like, I just have regular cancer now. It is
1: so funny. Yeah. It is really just an excellent scene. He just
0: snarfs that
1: down. Yeah,
0: he does. Yeah. Um. Do you have an alpha of the week?
1: Once again, I'm tempted to say nobody.
0: Malia
1: I like that she's doing her own thing actually you know what I'm gonna give it to Chris because Chris
0: is trying to figure things out which is more than I can say for most people Chris is the only one making progress I'm gonna give it to Chris Braden and Malia not because they were big parts of this episode just because whatever they're doing I'm way more interested in
1: (laughs) truly Malia was full on torturing somebody she wasn't
0: torturing somebody they didn't torture him because they just paid him off
1: no I actually thought that was kind of funny yeah it was great but they clearly beat the hell out of him before they thought to do that also
0: a return to the idea that anybody can be bought with anything. And I'm like, yeah, where did that go, Teen Wolf? Come on. Duh. okay Okay. Uh, I think that about wraps it up. I'm frustrated that we had another frustrating episode. Um, I'm... Sh- Hope our listeners are hanging on tight. If you guys liked this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. You guys can follow us on Twitter, uh, at Teen Wolf underscore ReWolf, which is also our Instagram handle. You can follow us on Tumblr at Teen Wolf ReWolf and our Facebook group is Teen Wolf ReWolf Podcast. Come share the memes, hang out, tell us why you like season five. Um, you can also buy us a coffee, ko-fi.com forward slash Teen Wolf and you can buy a Teen Wolf ReWolf sticker. Thank you to everybody who's sent in pictures of your stickers. Those make me so happy. And without further ado, we really really hope you guys have a wolf of a week. Ah, uh, um. woo! <laughs>